Let's find everybody and tell them to come in and find us. Find a lodging place for a few minutes. Turn your hymn books to page 177. And stand and we'll sing about the blood of Jesus. One seventy seven. Several crosses here yonder by the road. 
And um, I think just about all of them is where somebody died. So uh, think about it. We celebrate and we have a something like a cross. Yeah, well, we shape it in America or whatever, but think about the only one, only one in the entire history of mankind that died on the cross for our sins. Amen. <clears throat>
prayer day to see. Request. supposed to go up commerce this weekend but I don't know where they're at today so let's remember them in prayer let's remember also Heather and uh, Peggy uh, let's remember them and their children if you would continue to remember uh, Teresa she's out in uh, she's up in North Dakota in the middle of a blizzard and so uh, she had about 10 inches yesterday and it looks like 15 inches today and it's still coming down and so please remember her in prayer and uh, remember me. Right. Don't forget the world scene, yeah, our Ukraine. country. That's right. Ukraine and believers. Uh, America. Sometimes when I do take a few moments and try to think about it, uh, my mind just don't even. Gets I, I don't want to say. Yeah. You know. You try to figure out things, and you can't, you, I don't even know where to start. And so, uh, <clears throat> war is, uh, I don't even know what the word is, terrible, bad, right. uh, and all of other words. So, please do remember them. <clears throat> and the people in our country, and others, I'm sure, but in our country that seem to play the game while all these lives are being lost. Right. It's, it's awful. It's awful. And uh, I know it, it, it affects our culture. It affects the way we think about leaders. It affects a lot of things. And uh, that's just the way it is. But we, how are we supposed to look at our leaders? How are we supposed to look at our pastor? How are we supposed to look at our the preachers, the Policeman, the president. How are we supposed to? We sure can't tell by media and all of these kind of things. We must dig in that book, the Word That's of God, right. <laughs> or our we will be distorted so bad. 
we don't need to do that. So remember to pray for these things. And, but remember to answer your question also, especially the unspoken ones. Amen. Let's find a place to pray and ask the Lord to help us.
In the name of Jesus, people are healed. In the name of Jesus, people are saved. In the name of Jesus, the devils must flee. Come on. I appreciate the Lord. But how do you use that name, Jesus? Oh, He is precious to me. Amen. I love that name, that name of Jesus. In Him and Him alone can we be saved. And He is our very best friend. He is the one that loves us more than anyone else. And I appreciate Him so very much. So good to have y'all and be with y'all here this evening. I'm glad to be home. Uh, I passed up a a $2,000 gift card from Delta. They gave me an opportunity to take the next flight out or later flight out. And uh, I passed it up. I wanted to come home. But also, I knew that at 5 o'clock that afternoon, they were supposed to have a blizzard start hitting them. (laughs) And the next flight out was at 5.30. So uh, I wanted to come home. (laughs) Please remember Teresa. She's a little little nervous about the situation. I think they had about 9 or 10 inches yesterday. It started snowing about 5 o'clock this afternoon. And it hadn't stopped. And they're up to about 15 inches today. And so, uh, but uh, she's on an Air Force base. A lot of people that know my, my son and all volunteered to help if she was in need. So I, I think she's in good hands. <clears throat> so uh, if you can, just please remember her in prayer. And uh, we're glad to be here. Glad to be back. Glad to see all of you. Good to see our friends. And uh, glad you're back. But we do need to continue to remember one another. The devil hadn't stopped. There are some that I expect to be here tonight that aren't here. Why? I can tell you the reason. Satan. Satan hinders. Satan is fighting us. He's trying to discourage us and keep us from continuing on and serving the Lord. I'm going to tell you something, folks. If you're going to make it, you're going to have to have a made-up mind. I don't like folks coming to church uh, with fever and sick and all that, but I can tell you, sometimes a little bit of cough in the back of your throat and sometimes just the way you kind of don't feel quite right. A lot of times when it comes up, you ever notice it always comes up Sunday morning? Huh? And Wednesday afternoon? Well, it's the devil trying to attack you. And a lot of times, you'll just come on when you get to service. The Lord will make sure you don't have that problem. Amen. Now, if you get to service and you're still sick, I will excuse you to go home. All right? After we pray for you. Okay. But I do appreciate the Lord. Uh, I guess you could see uh, one of the youngins come in and say, Oh, that's too much. (laughs) Talking about communion, but um, uh, Lord willing, we're going to have a communion service here tonight. And you might say, oh, Brother Jeff, you didn't call and tell everybody. That's right. You say, what do you mean that's right? Well, sometimes when people know we're having communion, they don't come. Isn't that strange? 
we basically have three ordinances that we believe that the Lord commanded us. There's a lot more in the scriptures, but at least three that we think is important to us to hold. One up, the first one is, can you name it? Baptism. The second one, communion. And the third one, feet washing. Foot washing up north, whatever, but anyway, feet washing down here. Huh? But there's more to go out and to witness to all the world. Okay? There's a lot of things that Jesus said for us to do. But uh, to be a sign, to be a witness to others, these are the ordinances that we, uh, we feel. And so, here tonight, we're going to try to get into that. Brother Jackie, why don't you come and receive the offering for us here tonight? And... Uh,
glad for the blood of Jesus Christ. No other offering, no other offering can uh, cleanse your sins from you. Not through good deeds. Not through, I don't want to shake some of you, but not living holiness. You can live holiness all you want, but if your sins have not been washed, you'll not be saved. Okay? Talking about holiness dressing, look at them Muslims now. <laughs> at least the ladies, that is. Huh? That's a little too much, though. But still, it's important for us to understand the very basics. Um, we are living in a time... Now, I've been really amazed at some of the different things I've been reading just recently. But there's a, a movement out there called the, I'm not exactly sure of the title, but it's something to the effect of the deconstruction Christianity. Be careful. Just like so many things whenever I was growing up, it's just a new name for the same old trick of the devil. Basically trying to get you to do away with the established way of serving God through the Scriptures and taking up some new way. Some way on your own. To come up with your own faith. And I've had that saying for years, long before deconstruction Christianity came along, called Burger King religion. Huh? I don't know about you, but I don't want Burger King religion. I want the one true religion. Amen. And uh, you might say, well, religion, uh, you know, serving God's not religious. It is. James says, talks about those that don't have true religion. And then he says, true religion. Huh? You remember that? Maybe you don't. Some of you look... Maybe I don't know what what's happening. Y'all y'all remember me? I'm Brother Jeff Butler. <laughs> okay, all right. I just want to make sure. But it says um, pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this: to visit the fatherless and the widows in their affliction, and to keep himself unspotted from the world. Pure religion. True religion, clean religion, right religion. And so I do appreciate the Lord and I appreciate the opportunity to be back. And so uh, I know you've had great preaching over the last little bit while I've been gone. And, uh, but I'll do my very best uh, here tonight. Uh, tonight we do want to celebrate the Lord's Supper. It is considered uh, one of the church ordinances, as I was mentioning earlier before. An ordinance, according to uh, uh, Wikipedia, an ordinance is a religious ritual whose intent is to demonstrate the, uh, an adherent's faith. Examples include baptism and the Lord's Supper as practiced in the evangelical uh, churches. Uh, uh, hearing to the doctrine of the believers, church, uh, and, and a few other things. So that gives you a little idea about what ordinances are. Um, but this particular ordinance, talking about the Lord's Supper, is one for all of us. 
to do. And this Lord's Supper is intended for all of the church. Okay? And it is intended for everyone to be able to take. Both those who maybe haven't been doing real good and those who are. Okay? In years gone by, I've had some folks that I said, why didn't you take the Lord's Supper? I said, I just didn't feel to. What? Lord's Supper is one of the things we're supposed to take. Okay? I asked, uh, asked these people, I said, so did you sin? Is there some kind of sin or something? No. This didn't feel like it. Folks, we need to take the Lord's Supper. It is one of our signs that we are a Christian. So, if they were going around and checking everybody to see, okay, we're rounding up all the Christians. Okay, pastor, has that one been to the Lord's Supper in the last 12 months? Has this one been to the Lord's Supper in the last 12 months? No, I had not seen him. Okay, you're free to go. You're all right. You understand what I'm talking about? It's one of the marks of a Christian. It's one of the marks of being a child of God. And so um, it, it is very, very important. We are celebrating this Last Supper. Brother Jeff's mind gets, uh, gets going sometimes here. And so tonight I, I'm going to try to bring it all in here. But the celebration that we're going to be celebrating tonight... Uh, some have said that it's supposed to be celebrated on Wednesday night. Do you know that? You ever thought about? Okay, I know we don't know. Maybe, well, we pretty are pretty sure when it was. But anyway, might not know the exact year. But what about the day? Easter is a lunar counted day. The Lord's Supper. The resurrection of, of our Savior. The Passover. We can rest assured that as far as the lunar goes, as far as the day, we're doing it on the same day as He did. Let's see here. My math's not real good. Uh, 1900 and what? 90 some odd years ago. Okay? Does that mean anything to y'all? I can see it doesn't some of y'all. I think it's kind of neat. When I went to Israel, wife and I got the chance and opportunity to go to Israel. And I, you know, I got to thinking, wow, I'm walking down some trails, some streets that Jesus might have walked on. Huh? You ever think like that? You know, they, uh, I don't know if you know or not, I'm, I'm kind of a little on a rabbit trail, I need to get together, but uh, you know, there's two holy sepulchers in Jerusalem. There's one called the holy sepulcher that's in a big, big old place like this, a lot bigger than this, made out of stone and everything, and, uh, and you go inside, and then they got a little church built over something else, and when you go in there, it's just a slab of, of rock in there. It's not even a cave, you know. And uh, 
They say that's the Holy Sepulchre, and there's a lot of story behind all that. Then there's a thing they call, his name is Gilbert. I think it's Gilbert's grave, which uh, happened to be on the outskirts of town. And it was a, thro- a stone's throw from Golgotha. You know, y'all know where I'm talking about? Golgotha? Huh? Golgotha is the place of the skull. That's where Jesus was crucified at. There was a rich man's tomb that was within a stone's throw of Golgotha. Amen. Where he was buried. And I'm going to tell you, it may or may not be, but the Holy Ghost uh, kind of moved on Teresa and I when we were there at that particular place. And kind of feel like that's the place. <laughs> okay. But anyway, uh, uh, those things mean something to us. And uh, we don't worship them, but uh, to think that's where the Lord's at. That's where the Lord possibly was buried at. They took us to another place called the Upper Room. Huh? The Upper Room. There were some people just walking up the steps were just crying and boo-hooing and they were just, oh, oh, oh. And I'm thinking, this can't be the Upper Room. Jerusalem got leveled. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So it's some old building that they put up there and they just call it the upper room. But, it, you know, but you know something? I, I don't have to go someplace to get the Holy Ghost. I try to bring the Holy Ghost with me. That's what we're supposed to do. So, anyway, I said all that to say this. There's some say that. Wednesday night is when uh, the Lord actually ate the supper, or it could have been Thursday night. Uh, one of the two. Really not a big deal. Uh, the Lord didn't say we had to do it on exactly the same night. As a matter of fact, He did say in part of it, said, This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of Me. And now... There are some, some churches, they take it every time they go to church. Okay? And then there are some that are supposed to take, try to do it every 30, 60 days. That's us. Huh? And then there are some that don't hardly ever do it. And you might say, well, now, Brother Jeff, why don't we do it every Sunday? There's a danger in not doing it and there's a danger in doing it too much when it's done too much it can lose its specialness and hopefully the Holy Ghost will be in here in such a way that you'll understand what I'm talking about in just a little while but one of the other things that shot through my head Brother Robert was about supper and then, what was it you tell us all the time? Because I can't, I, I can't ever remember that lunch or dinner or what. Oh, you don't remember? But anyway, uh, how many of y'all with me on this? How many of you have always felt like supper is talking about that meal that you had in the evening? Yeah. 
Huh? Okay. And lunch, that's what we always called lunch, would be uh, that midday meal. Okay. And then dinner. I think that's what you were talking about, lunch and dinner. Huh? What's the difference between lunch and dinner? Through all these years, I've never really paid attention. <laughs> but tonight, at 60 years old, I figured out the difference between lunch and dinner. Dinner is the main meal of the day. Okay? And it's eaten in the evening or at midday. So if you have a big meal for lunch, that's a dinner. Okay? Lunch is actually a light midday meal, a sandwich. Uh, it said by definition it could even be breakfast or a, a snack or a meal made with bread. But the definition of supper in the Greek is a little different. It means to make a meal. To dine. Not fast food. It's not Burger King. It's not Popeyes. It's not KFC. It's not Taco Bell. It's to make a dinner. Have several courses and dessert. Huh? A homemade dessert. Okay? That's what I call. But a supper. Because I always wondered, you know, if they had supper and then they had to go out to the, to the, uh, the Mount of Olives, boy, that's putting it real late. And then in between there, they had all this time to get all these other officials to have the trial and all that. And so really and truly, this supper and the re only reference to it uh, as being supper is over in John, it said, and after supper was done. Okay. So, the only real thing about that was from John, but it could have been much earlier in the day. I hope that meant something to you. I want you to... Too many times we just read words on the pages, but they're alive. There's more to it than just those black ink marks and the red ink marks and all of the different languages that there could be. There's more to it. And we need to dig into that. Yeah. Amen. And so with all that being said, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26. <clears throat> And we'll start in verse 26. <clears throat> when you have it, say amen. amen. And as they were eating, Jesus took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them saying, Drink ye all of it. For this is my blood of the New Testament, 
which is shed for many for the remission of sins. So let's, let's bow our heads right now. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank You. We thank You for this Last Supper that You had with Your disciples. A way of sharing with them of things yet to come. And I thank You, dear Jesus, for uh, the, 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 the meaning and the, the descriptions that are in there that help us to know, Lord, more about that great New Testament, that new covenant, that agreement that You've made with those who will believe upon You and upon Your name. I pray, dear Jesus, here this evening, would You come by and fill these feeble lips of clay Help us to speak Your Word. Help us, dear Lord, to have our minds stayed upon You. Not to be thinking of tomorrow or yesterday or even things of uh, this, this afternoon, but instead to get our minds focused on You. You, the Savior of the world. You, the Lamb of God. The perfect sacrifice who came and was willing to die for all mankind. Jesus, I thank You. And I pray, have Your way in this service here tonight. Draw us close unto You, Lord. Help us, Lord, to both go back in history and time in our minds. But Lord, right here and now where we sit, help us to draw close and into that fellowship of believers that we might feel what they felt, and to feel what You intended for us to feel in this service tonight. Come by, touch hearts and lives, we do pray in Your blessed and holy and righteous and wonderful name, that name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Several things that we see here. If you will remember just uh, a little while I'm not exactly sure the amount of time. It may have been up to a month before that time. Jesus was talking to the larger group of His disciples and uh, followers that He had. And He told them, except you eat My flesh and drink My blood, ye shall have no part with Me. You remember that? Huh? It's an important part because at that particular point in time, Many of them looked at him and said, it's an abomination for us to eat another man. That's so shallow. It's an abomination. And the Bible said that many of his disciples, lots of his disciples turned back and went away. And he turned to his twelve and those few that stayed with him and said, Will ye go also? They had already bought into Jesus. They were already invested in Him. They said, Lord, where have we to go? You have the words of life. He has the true words of life. And so, we see more of the explanation of what He was talking about at that particular time when it said for Him to take this bread which is a representation of His body and to take this drink that He had, the uh, drink of the cup. 
And he, uh, in, in the bread, he just said, eat ye all of it. In other words, take all of him. Don't leave any of him behind. And then when it came to the cup, he uh, told them to drink all of it. All of it. Early on in, in my, my preaching days, it, as the Lord was dealing with me about these Scriptures, he, uh, he brought to me an example. And I may use it too much, mainly during this particular time. But it's of nutrition. Huh? How many of you are careful in your diets? Let the record show that uh, Maddox is the only one in the congregation. Huh? And his father said that's not quite true. <clears throat> Who in here watches or tries to watch what you eat? Huh? Okay. Huh? Okay, I hear that. Why do we watch what we eat? There's a saying out there. You are what you eat. Huh? And there is a fair amount of truth in that. If we eat unhealthily all the time, see I'm hedging. If we eat unhealthy all the time, then it will affect our bodies in an adverse way. When we eat healthy, it has a way of helping our bodies. Uh, encouraging it to... to uh, to function the way God originally designed it. I do want to uh, warn you though, don't go too far out on a limb because there are some things you can eat perfectly healthy and do all the right things and still get sick. And that's because Adam messed it up for us and we are born in sin and, it, and that particular part had to do with the breaking of our our DNA in ways that it should not have been broken. But then, my mind went to cannibals. Can't, how many of you in here know what a cannibal is? Uh, these youngins do. Uh, a cannibal. A cannibal is generally the warrior of a, of a tribe of some sort that will kill other people and then will take and eat them. There have been terrible, terrible times when there were some who in history have eaten the flesh of other people to survive. And uh, as a matter of fact, the Jews were one of them. In A.D. 70, during a time that they were encompassed about by, by the Romans, that, not scriptures, but history tells us that, that they ate their children and they ate one another. Things got so bad. There'd be some be waiting on a dove to do its business. And they'd sell that for a lot of money. Come on. I'm not talking to you about anything that's not already in the Scriptures. You can find it. Okay? 
But cannibals, by and large, have an ideology about eating someone else, especially another soldier. Their ideology is, is that if they are able to kill that one in a fight, even though they killed him, he was a strong man. And by eating that other person, they could take that strength into themselves and make them a stronger warrior. Now based on that, I want you to think about this. That's why Jesus said for us to eat His flesh and drink His blood. When you eat something, it goes throughout your entire body. Throughout all of the cells of the body, it can affect. If you eat something bad, don't you most of the time hurt all over? <laughs> huh? Maybe you hurt the worst in your stomach, but you hurt all over. Huh? And so it affects all of us. So by us obeying the Lord's command here for us to eat His flesh and drink His blood symbolically. Okay? Thank the Lord for that. We are taking Him into us to be nourished by Him. For it to affect our bodies. To, for it to change us from the inside out. Amen. And just eating the communion tonight will not save you. But it is important for us to take of this communion. Because the blood especially. He, uh, he said it in Matthew... He said it in uh, Mark 14 and 24. This is my blood of the New Testament, which is shed for many. Now when Jesus spoke that, there was no New Testament Scriptures at that time. All He had was the Old Testament. Huh? We need to get into the Word of God, folks. This is my blood of the New Testament. Of the New Covenant. Hebrews calls it a better covenant. It's a pure covenant. It is one that is not defiled by the high priest or by the pastor or, or by someone else or by uh, an organization or anything like that. It is not defiled by that because it is Christ's blood. And so it is... It is His New Testament. That New Covenant. And what a great covenant it is. According to the Old Covenant, if we still had to be saved by the Old Covenant, we would all have to convert to Jews. There are many other things that we would end up having to do. Uh, some, for men, it could even be a physical thing, but for others... Uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff to be done. And even like that, you may still not be allowed to serve in the church for up to three generations. Huh? So it would be your, let's see here, your great-grandchildren that would be allowed to serve in the church. That's one of them ordinances that he did away with. Yeah. Aren't you glad by that? Yeah. Woo! 
Hallelujah. And so here we see that this New Testament is through this blood. I like just one little comment from Luke's uh, part of it. Before he started this Passover meal, he said, with desire. With desire, I have desire to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. This is a special meal. This is not just any meal. He has a desire. So many times we have felt the the presence of the Lord in our midst so strong during the Lord's Supper. I believe He comes. I believe He's in all of our services because the Bible said where two or three are gathered. But there's just something special about us honoring this Lord's Supper. But I appreciate Paul who talks to us also. I snuck up on some of you. I mentioned that already. I didn't tell you that. I didn't tell you that uh, we were going to have communion. I had some people say, well, Brother Jeff, I just haven't been doing too good lately. I've heard that before. Well, Paul helps us with this. And so, in 1 Corinthians 11 and uh, verse 27, Paul says, Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself. So let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. For if we would... Y'all have where I'm reading from? 1 Corinthians 11? I'm at uh, verse 31. For if we would judge ourselves... We should not be judged. I'm going to tell you what, folks. That's really good. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord that we should not be condemned with the world. Wherefore, my brother, brethren, when you come together to eat, tarry one for another. And if any man hunger, let him eat at home that ye may come uh, not together under condemnation. And so here he talks to us about eating of the Lord's Supper unworthily. Unworthily. It is so important that if we eat of the Lord's Supper, we need to eat of it worthily. How? Can we eat it unworthily? So, if we've been sinning all through the day, if we've been doing wrong all through the day, and we come and we just decide, well, I'm just going to hide my sins 
and I won't tell anybody, and later on after the Lord's Supper, I'll try to get things right. Or maybe I have met some people, I don't even think they do that much. They just go ahead and do it because they, there ain't nothing to all this. But there is. <laughs> I need to let you know, don't do like that. Don't think of yourself so high that God's not going to require that of you. Or think so high that you can get by with it. I want to let you know, God doesn't let anybody get by with what they're doing. He may give you a space or a time of grace, but in time, He will shout it from the rooftop. And everybody will know what's going on. And so, we don't want to do it unworthily. So how do we do it worthily? The same way you got saved. Huh? The same way you got saved. You come to this altar and you confess, Jesus, I failed you today. Jesus, I failed you. Now I hope, I hope you and pray that you've been living in such a way that you don't have to go back a month or two months. But that's all right if you have to. Go ahead. Okay? I hope you don't have to go back a year or two. But if you do, that's all right. Do it, okay? Because the Lord will forgive you just like He did the first time. Don't take that that I'm saying right there as a license that it's okay to do whatever I want to do. One of my minister friends from Ohio was uh, driving a van and he noticed a car went fast around him, sped up and went down the way, and then all of a sudden went around the turn. And my minister friend said, there's not a turn there. This is a straightaway. And when he got there, he found a car crashed against a tree and a young man inside of it. Blood was coming from his nose and from his eyes and his ears. And... Uh, and so the minister got there and he said, Son, he said, I, I want to pray with you right now. He said, You need to pray. You're, you're in bad shape. And the boy said, Please don't tell my mama. He said, You don't have to worry. I won't tell your mama or anything. He said, But you need to pray. You need to pray right now. And uh, uh, someone else had reported it and sirens were beginning to come. And he said, Don't tell my mama. And uh, he went on and he said, you need to pray, son. He said, you're about to meet the Lord. And I don't know how your soul is, but apparently you've got something you're hiding. You need to pray. You need to pray right now. He said, please don't tell my mama. And the last thing my pastor friend heard him say in a gurgling voice, please don't. We do not know the hour of our visitation. We do not know when we can pass from this life unto another. We buried David first part of this year, but there was no pastor there at that particular time. I hope all was well with his soul. But we don't know. 
Another friend of mine, you may have heard of him. He's a pretty famous doctor down in Savannah now, but I went to school with him. His father was a pediatrician. And so he was, had to go out at night quite often to deliver babies. One night he came in late and laid down in the bed and turned the light out. And about that time he felt his wife jump up and heard something gurgling. He turned on that light and turned over and blood was just flowing out of her mouth. She'd had an aneurysm. She was off in eternity. Off in eternity. You cannot depend upon this cheap grace that people give that you're always covered. Jesus called us to be holy. To be holy, we're to be sinless. Thank the Lord He did give us that place over in 1 John. It said, if we sin, our exception. There can be exceptions. But the rule of our life is to be living holy and without sin. That's our rule. And so, I said that to bring this down to you to let you understand you need to be right before you eat and drink of this. You said, Brother Jeff, before you said all that, I was ready to go. But I'm not so sure now. I want you to know something. I want you to take this. I want to give you an opportunity. We're going to take a few minutes out here. We're going to come around this altar. And I'm going to give you time to get the account caught up. To ask the Lord to forgive you. Has the Lord been dealing with you about something in your life? The Lord deals with people to start doing something, to do more for Him. He also deals with people to lay off things. Has He been dealing with you about anything? It's important for you to not to ignore Him, but to listen to Him and to obey Him. I want to tell you something. The blood of Jesus Christ will wash away every sin. It's better than an SOS pad. It's better than hot water. It's better than anything. As a matter of fact, it is the only thing that can wash away the sin of a man or a woman or of a child. It is the only thing that not only will wash away our sins, but will make us new again. Change us to be more like Him. So, um, Sister Sheila, if y'all could just play. Not a song, but play quietly. I'm going to invite everyone, if you would, come. Let's seek the Lord. If you don't feel comfortable here, you seek the Lord there, but please, seek the Lord. And let's get things right. Make sure we're clear. And let's receive communion here tonight as the body of Christ. Come.
the Lord offered himself up as that perfect sacrifice. And when he did, his body was broken. It was whipped. They said that his he was marred beyond any anything that could be imagined. They played those Roman games. They scourged his back. And why? Why was he scourged? Because he healed people. And he fed people. He done good for others. But also because he was that great sacrifice for all mankind. He was broken because of your sin, your lie, your abuse, your adultery and fornication and murder and stealing and disobedient to parents. He died for all mankind. Yes. And he took every sin upon him. What a great Savior we have. What a great Savior we have. He loved the unlovable. He loved the cast outs. Cast outs. The woman at the well. The demoniac at the of gatherings. I'm so glad. He had mercy on me. And so here we're going to uh, be uh, asking the women to come if they can. They can line up all around here. If you can't kneel, you can sit up here and uh, we're going to receive the communion. And uh, Brother Robert and Brother Jackie, if you will come and sit on uh, um, do the community service part for us. The legs time. I've talked too much. So we're going to try to do as best as we can, just as fast as we can. But I don't want to go too fast for the Lord not to do the work. We got room over here, ladies.
Jesus said to them, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. If you would go ahead and pass the, the bread out, Brother Jack. Brother Jack, if you would go ahead and pass the, the bread out. We got room over here. Brother, uh, I'll clear this space so they can sit there. Okay. No sin ever committed in his, in his body. None ever. Willing to love us. So he took the bread and he broke it. And he said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Testament of my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. Remember him. Remember him. Remember the new covenant. Remember.
And Jesus said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Amen. also said this is my blood of the New Testament which is shed for many as often as you drink it drink it in remembrance of me So, John tells us some that the other disciples didn't show to us. And in John 13, um, starting in verse 4, he says, it says, He riseth from supper, speaking of Jesus, and he laid aside his garments, and took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Then cometh he to Simon Peter. And Peter said unto him, Lord, doest thou wash my feet? Jesus answered and said unto him, What I, what I do thou knowest not now but thou shalt know hereafter. Peter said unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. 
Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Simon said unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, He that is washed indeed, not, I'm sorry, he that is washed needeth not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit, and ye are clean, but not all. For he knew who should betray him, therefore he said, Ye are not all clean. So after uh, he had washed their feet and had taken his garments and was set down again, he said unto them, Know ye what I have done to you? Ye call me Master and Lord. Ye say, Well, for so am I. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. If ye know these things, happy are ye if ye do them. And so, based on his word right there, it's one of the reasons we still do feet washing. You say, Brother Jeff, I didn't know anybody did feet washing anymore. It's getting less and less. I talked to the pastors. They said it's not necessary anymore. Well, necessary. A lot of ways to define that. But didn't the Lord right there say, happy are you if you do these things? And so, we're going to uh, uh, break up into two groups. The uh, women will go back into the back and the men will stay out front here. I understand some may not be able to stay, but we do ask that if you're able, please stay with us. Especially if you've never done feet washing. It's, I think, one of the very first services I ever did. I came to a Holiness Church, they had feet washing. And I'm like, what? And so I was just ignorant enough. I didn't know what was going on. I just went right with them back into the back room. And, and my pastor at that time nailed, kneeled down and washed my feet the first time that I was ever in a feet washing service. Very humbling. Humbling. But I'm going to tell you, my feet never felt any better than after he washed my feet. And so uh, we invite you to come and uh, be with us as we partake in feet washing here tonight. <laughs>